0: you know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 and in a recent interview tyrese halliburton credited a lot of his basketball knowledge to playing video games so if you want to increase your <laughs> basketball knowledge get nba 2k24 it's myself to a long time as always bj armstrong here at the hoop genius podcast bj how you doing
1: Uh, I'm I'm doing great. I I, want to hear how this is going. This is this is great information. Okay, how how does this work? Okay, let me pull up the let me pull up the interview right here. Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know
0: if there's a well, it's just a simple quote. Um, It never really occurred to Halliburton to slow down. He was taught that the game is an open floor and he learned to read it with the help of a PlayStation. Tyrese Halliburton says, honestly, a lot of my hoop knowledge in knowing how to play comes from video games. When you're playing 2K and you're on that camera angle where you can see everything ahead of you, that's how I think sometimes. Okay. And he is now one of the top point guards in the NBA. So shout out to Tyrese Halliburton every time. Okay, okay. Um, DJ, I wanna ask you a question. Yes, sir. I want you to answer this completely honestly. Okay. How many Wizards games have you watched this season? Two.
1: Full, Full games, the entire things. All right. Three quarters of it. Okay, know, I, I flip back and forth. You know what I mean? I, I, and I'm being, I'm being, because, you know, if there's a commercial, then I'll go to another yeah, game yeah, yeah. and then I'll come back to it. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here with our listeners. I can't watch the Washington Wizards. I can watch maybe five minutes maximum at a time. It is How come? unwatchable. They may be the worst NBA team I've ever seen. Did you see, I watched the end of the Raptors game against the, The Wizards, because I I saw the score and I was like, hold on a minute. The Wizards are actually going to win this thing,
1: right? Yes. They were up big. They They were were up big.
0: 16 points with six minutes left, right? (laughs) And they did not make a field goal for the final six minutes. Their final three plays, wrote them down. They uh, inbounded the ball out of bounds. Um, they just let Dennis Schroeder get away from him to foul him, um, and then they basically waved the white flag at the end of it. Um, the Raptors went on a 19-1 to run to close out the game. It was horrific. And do you know the worst part about the whole, the whole thing was the possession where Carl Kuzma ran to his bench to beg them to challenge a call whilst the game was still going on. The Raptors inbound the basketball and they play five on four. An embarrassing team. We have big hopes for Jordan Poole. The only game he's really been successful is the game where he took over 20 shots. And since he started taking less than 20 shots, he's obviously scored a lot less. So my question to you is, is this the worst team you've ever seen in the NBA? No. Who is the worst team you've ever seen in the NBA? Is it the Bobcats team?
1: Um that, that was I can't remember what year it is, but I remember one year when Philadelphia when they first started the tanking pro whenever they first started that process, you know, yep. trust the process. That was one of the, that was one of the worst teams I've seen. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, a lot of times Mo, what ends up happening with these teams is, it's not a talent issue. It's just the inability of people to organize themselves. And a lot of the, and, and, and a lot of times mo you know you're you're looking for a player traditionally in the nba was always the point guard who was who was kind of like the leader of organizing the game right that's why we always were looking for point guards because they would organize distribute pass the ball it's one of the key components that's needed to be on a team right you know you have to rebound pass you know, and, 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 and play defense. So if you have a guy who can initiate on the ball defense and facilitate the basketball, you have a pretty good chance to become a team, right? Cause blocking out is basically effort and energy. Mm-hmm. You can actually teach that, right? You can teach people if, you know, just don't let your guy get the offensive rebound. I mean, not that you're yeah. a great rebounder yourself, just don't let the guy who's That's gar- basic, yeah, just basic stuff. So you can, rebound the basketball, you can give the effort defensively, whether it's an individual effort and team effort, but passing the ball is kind of an innate theme, organizing people, either you have it or you don't. So the thing that you see, which makes this surprising now I'm really surprised at the, the way they're playing. It's because of everyone was always talking about the kid. Um, kid went to Duke point guard. Play for the Grizzlies. just Tyus Jones. Ago. Tyus Jones. Everyone kept saying he's the best backup point guard in the NBA. Now here's your chance to step up and solidify that and say, okay, yeah, I was a backup, but I'm able to do this full time as a starter now with the Wizards. And you could see the difficulty of going from a backup to a starter. Austin Reeves just went through that. Okay? It doesn't mean that you're not a, a good player. It just means there's a huge difference in the NBA every single night that you're watching a game or even watching a quarter. These players are really, really, really good. And there's a huge difference between a starting point guard and a backup point guard. And that, to me, is, has been shocking because Tyus Jones is not like some young player his, for his first or second year.
0: No, he's 27. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: expecting Yeah, I was expecting more of a leadership capacity from him, especially coming from a place like Memphis, where he has experienced winning in a winning culture. So that's been a little shocking to me with their team and the way they've been playing, but that doesn't mean they won't turn it around. But I, I was kind of expecting more from him from a leadership perspective early on in the season because that's when it really comes into play.
0: Now, BJ, were you working in the Bulls front office in the 2000 to 2001
1: season? Yes. Yeah. Yes so, so that's it was.
0: that's when you guys fully embraced the rebuild. You know, the first few years after... I don't know
1: if we ever embraced it, but we were in a rebuild. Well, well no what I did. say, what, what I mean <laughs> by
0: that is, you know, the previous few years, you were playing a lot of veterans, even though, you know, Michael yes. and Scott and those guys are gone. But that 2000 to 2001 season, you really just played a whole bunch of young guys, a whole bunch of rookies, right. extended minutes. And this is what confuses me about the Wizards because they're losing games and astronomical rate. But if you look at the top 10 players who get minutes on their team, the only real young guy that you can see them trying to develop is Bilal Koulibaly, who I think has potential to be a very good player in this league. But is Kuzma, Is Tyus Jones, uh, Landry Shammer, Dylan Wright, these guys getting minutes. I think Dylan Wright's injured now. But these guys are all getting minutes and they're still losing games. So you wouldn't really expect this from a team that has a lot of players with a lot of experience in this league. Do you think, or can you give an estimate? How many games do you think the Wizards are going to win this year?
1: Well, when you have these teams, you, you know, you're normally around 20 to 25 wins with a with team as they're currently constructed. You know, they have veteran players. However, I think a lot of times when you have those veterans, they have really good, what I would consider rotational players, Kyle Kuzma, I think most would consider in the league is a a really good rotational player, meaning he's a starter on a good team. I think he can be a starter at the very least. I think he's a six man. So I think that's a tradable player at a tradable number that they have to maintain his value in case they want to move him by the trade deadline. That's just a business decision. Same with Jordan Poole. Same with the other players. I think they have really good players. However, you're asking them to do something that maybe they're not ready to do yet, which is to become the leader of a group or take responsibility of a team. And that's, listen, that's a very rare thing that you will see a player who has the talent and will accept a responsibility. But it doesn't mean that Kyle Kuzma or any of those players can't go and be the missing piece for another team because those guys are really good players. So it's not a knock on winning games. It's really hard to win. When you see teams win consistently, Okay, you have to acknowledge that because you say, okay, Steph Curry is really, really good. But what Steph Curry is really good is the things that we really can't see, which is his leadership, his – clearly he has a, a phenomenal skill set that we can see, right, shooting the basketball. But his ability to lead and hold everyone accountable and do all of those things and win games and win championships – Now you're talking about something special, and you don't take that for granted because that's a very rare thing to do, and it's really hard to do. So give him credit, that organization credit, but they make it look easy, and a lot of times that's what makes it, you know, we're having this conversation. Listen, Jordan Poole is a young player. This is his first time going at it. It's not like Steph Curry came into the league and was competing for championships either. It takes time. So he's going to have to go through this to get to that point. However, very rarely do you allow someone to go through two, three, four years to get to that point, unless you just come out and just start winning right away. You know, a lot of people are saying about Jordan Poole, you know,
0: the Warriors did a great job by getting rid of him because now look at how he's struggling and now they've got Chris Paul. I'd counter that though with this. There have been 125 players to score over 20 points this season in a game. An average of four players per team who have had 20 plus point performances on the Warriors. Only Stephen Curry has scored more than 20 points. Did Saric not have one? I'm not sure if Saric had one or whether he did or he didn't. The Warriors, um, we mentioned this briefly on yesterday's episode. Is it just a question of guys like Clay and and Wiggins, they're going to start to knock these same shots down? Or do you think this is a sign of a deeper problem?
1: Well, what's going to be interesting is I haven't done this yet, Mo, but I'll share here just our little secret. I love talking to other teams about their defensive schemes versus teams. Because if I know how a team is being defended, that means I can target their weaknesses. And then when I watch the game, I begin, I always begin to look for it and say, oh, that's why they're doing it. And I try to pick up on trends. Oh, well, every team thinks that they can attack the Warriors this way every team tries to force them to do this because they feel whatever the case may be. Now I haven't done that with the Warriors yet. I just, I haven't, you know, I haven't gotten to the team. So I'm going to the game tonight. Yesterday I was with the, the, the staff of Memphis. So I'm going to look for things tonight to see what they're going to do against the Lakers. I also was, I saw the Phoenix suns. I went to, I think I went to a game earlier in the season and now I'm going to start to try to pick up trends. That's why I always take time because I want to see, all right, you may learn something. And if you play a team two or three times, then you, you pretty much know that team. So I got some things that I want to look for. I'm going to try to get down a little early tonight to pick up what, talk to the Lakers staff to see what they're going to do versus this version of the Memphis Grizzlies. Clearly they would be defended differently if John Morant was, was playing. Uh, But in the meantime, I want to look to see what they're going to do versus the Lakers. Because I'm beginning to pick up trends, right? I'm beginning to pick up how teams are attacking them, what they're doing, what they say. And then at about 15 to 20 games, more, I'll, I'll begin to feel real comfortable with saying, oh, okay, here's what the scouts say. Here's what I see. And then you formulate your ideas on how to win a game because it's really hard to do. And by the way, you actually got to go out and execute it just because you know it doesn't mean that you're going to automatically win the game. So it's really hard to do, and and uh, I'm looking forward to going to the game this evening. Are you
0: excited to see the in-season tournament court
1: is making its debut in San Francisco? Well, I have my sunglasses. I <laughs> have my sunglasses. No, no, you need <laughs> 3D glasses. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I didn't know that. So now I, it gives me something else to look at. So it will give me a new experience. Uh, this will be my first in-season in-season tournament. In-season tournament. So hey, it's, there's a first mo. There we go. Um, can you share with our listeners here any of the
0: trends you've seen around the league so far? Things that have caught your eye. Just well, going back without, to you know, what you were saying about how teams are defending yes. certain other teams and whatnot. Well, the,
1: the the biggest thing I've noticed is every team in the league now. Every team, which is incredible to me, right? Like, like I I always think, do the are these executives and coaches all taking a general survey? We're all agreed to play the same way every team is running a five-out offense, regardless of what you have. And when I say a five-out, they're emphasizing the spacing on the floor now. Just just for our
0: listeners who don't know, five-out is when you have all five players around the three-point line when you start your offensive set. You can have teams that go four-out, one-in, which is one Mm post-player. You can have teams, more old-school teams, have three-out, two-in, with two players on the inside who are in the post-up areas. Just some context.
1: Yeah. So everyone is going five out with the emphasis on everyone is on the three-point line. That's the difference. So normally you would have five out and then one guy would be in the dunker spot or you have five out and you have a guy that will flash to the elbow to reverse the ball. Now every team is running a five out offense from the three-point line. So the, the, the spacing on the floor, always puts you at a disadvantage on the defensive end because you're constantly in isolation. Every, every team is running the same offense. Now, that to me is fascinating. is because clearly everyone wants the ability to shoot the three and then attack the basket. hmm That's now, what the numbers are telling them. Now, what's fascinating is watching the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have two seven-footers. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like a cat and mouse game. I just want to see. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah, you got got it. It. yeah. You got yeah, it. You got it. Wolves, yeah, They got, got cat it, yeah, on their cat. team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah so, long day.
1: Yeah. It's a long day. <laughs> so it's, it's clear to me that if you can break down the spacing on the floor, you can protect the rim, which will allow you be a better defensive team than most. Why It's because Rudy Gobert and cat being seven foot, they've been seven footers. They can break down the spacing. And you, it's very rare that you'll see two seven footers playing in today's game. However, this is a unique thing because we all thought just a year ago when they first made the trade, that this was a bad trade. And then suddenly now, these guys, a year later, have figured out how to break down the spacing in this new NBA. Now, let's see how it continues to go and trend as the season goes on, because clearly people will make adjustments <laughs> as you begin to see that they're playing. I think Anthony Edwards now is a better defensive player, too. So that helps because he can, he's able to keep the ball in front of him. Oh, if they, they calmly... were mad
0: at you for saying he's the best wing defender in the NBA, by the way. The the comment I, I, section were I, mad.
1: I, 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 okay, all I, right, and less than my clone was talking. I never said he was the best defender. I said he is the best, without questioning, two way player, on the offensive and defensive end. I didn't say he was the best. I think Marcus Martin, Drew Holiday, clearly. you are just saying defense on the perimeter.
0: Yeah, just just you, so they, they know. No, no, no. You no, got some comments a, this morning. No, no. You can, because you it, comment, said, you, you, it said it said best comment, wing, wing
1: defender. That's that's what you yeah. said. I'm saying the best player, offense and defense. Like we'll say two way player. I always think that's a that's a that's a that's an incorrect term. That's what everyone. Does. That's a normal basketball player. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, is that what you're supposed to do? But we put emphasis on too. Where like, oh, this is a no. So that's what we're supposed to do. Yes. Okay. That's what we're. Supposed I, I to always,
0: do. I always think this, BJ. You know, when people make their top ten players of all time, for example, is always heavily weighted towards scoring.
1: Absolutely. That's this is
0: my question yeah. is why. If
1: you had to weigh defense and
0: scoring equally because how different would your top 10 lists look because Mo you and
1: I know this there are you know it's certainly there are players there are role players there are star role players there are star players and then there're superstars where there's different levels of fans if you're just watching the game and you see someone scoring a lot of points it's That's just easy to assume that they must be the best player. Why? Because you get points every time you score. However, as you graduate into the game, you begin to understand how sophisticated this game is. You may not see it as just an average fan. However, as you grow and begin to understand the game, you will begin to understand the patterns, the decision making, the coaches and all these things. That's why I'm always, like when people say, oh, this guy's a terrible coach. No, like a lot of times they see the same thing we see. However, there's rules to this. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. So how so- do we
0: weigh it up then? Because for example, if we go with the premise that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now, obviously defensively, he does a decent job, but he's not a, a standout defender. So how good does... A player's offense have to be to outweigh that two-way connotation of because if we're okay. going two way, then you are So when you say Giannis he's the best, the best player, best.
1: okay. So he's the best player. Okay. Best player, truly what we should say is who's the most impactful player?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when I say impact, who wins games? There's nothing else going on. I don't you can average 50 points a night. That doesn't mean you're the best player. You can average eight points a night. Okay, that doesn't mean you're the worst player. What it means is who's the most impactful player on the game? Impact, deter- everyone knows who's the best player. Why? Because the best player will impact the game. That's why you play. Whether you agree with it, understand it, there's nothing else to debate other than that's why when they start saying, well, what's the criteria for MVP? Or what's the criteria for this? Or what's the criteria? The criteria is very simple. Who impacts the game? Now, why is Jokic the most or one of the most impactful players in the game? Because he affects the major categories in which determines winning and losing. He defends. He may not be the best defender, but he impacts the defensive end because he rebounds the ball at a very efficient rate. That's a, that's just, so people say, when we think of defense, what's the first thing we think about? A guy who locks down a guy and he doesn't score. No, this guy, if you have a great defensive possession and I get the offensive rebound mode, you're still on defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's the part of the game we don't talk about. That's part of our responsibility is pointing that out to the casual listener of what defense is. Defense means you get to stop and you got to get the rebound. Mm -hmm. Then you can transition. You have to end the possession. possession. You have to end the possession to go to the offensive end. Well, let me tell you something. Jokic is a tremendous, I don't care what era, defensive rebounder. He has, he has, we know, Mo, he's one of the few players maybe it's because of his lack of athleticism he actually boxes out yeah (laughs) (laughs) think about that i I mean he actually was taught that growing up you know that's what i'm saying He actually fundamentally speaking he is excellent at what he does on the defensive end now he may not be the he may not have the foot speed of a of a marcus smart or drew holiday or anthony edwards or whomever you may think is an outstanding defensive player Mm -hmm. however He's always in the correct space. And defensively, he is phenomenal. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second, he is a amazing. He's probably, he's arguably, maybe the best interior passer we've seen, without questioning in the modern era. But you can make an argument, maybe in the history of the game. We know players who pass the ball and have the ability to share the ball that now you have to play, which is the hardest thing to learn in the NBA or any professional league is how to play team defense. Cause that requires everyone to be on a string. I don't care how good you are individually. You can't move as fast as I can pass the ball. Mm -hmm. Okay. He may not be able to cross you over and blow by you, but what he can do, Mo, better than anyone is that man can pass.
0: And also making those accurate passes to give his teammates easy looks means they convert at high efficiency, okay. which means opponents have less
1: fast break opportunities as well. Well, what he does, Mo, is he forces you to play team defense. It's It's very hard. That's why we applaud the champion every year, because they have to not only be good individually, they have to be good as a team. Are great as a team. Well, Jokic forces you to play team offense versus him. And he forces you to play team defense versus him because he limits your ability to get multiple shots on the defensive, on the, if he's on defense. Okay. You have a, you, you very rarely do you just have a massive offensive rebounding game versus the Denver Nuggets. And defensively, you can't play him man to man. Think about that, Mo. He is impossible, not because he can just score the ball, which he does, by the way, at a very high clip, but he passes even better than he scores, which puts you at a disadvantage. So now we know, Mo, that those two things impact the game. So that's why we always say you can't trust the stats because the stats don't tell the true story. He's constantly impacting the game because he's constantly putting you at a disadvantage. And that's not just the individual that's guarding him, the team. And that is very hard to do when you have to play as a group for 48 minutes. Mo, he will beat any individual effort every night. That's how good he is. Mm -hmm. So when people, you can get the stats, well but Tell well. me why, yeah, but tell me why And that's why he is such a great player He's just a great, great player No matter how you slice it or dice it And those great players translate in any era, by the way And he would be good in any era that he played in And speaking of not trusting the stats
0: Here's the last thing I wanted to ask you about today The Dallas Mavericks currently 8-2 and two, And second place in the Western Conference mm-hmm. The Boston Celtics currently 8-2 and two, Second place in the Eastern Conference Now, the difference between those two teams is The Boston Celtics have had the fourth most difficult schedule in terms of opponents ranking and the Mavericks have had the easiest schedule. So my question to you is as a player, when you look at the NBA schedule, would you rather have a really tough start to the season so that you can, you know, as the season progresses and you build your momentum, you win more games and they stack up, or would you rather have an easier start to the season so you can get your legs under you and you can get your rhythm so that when you do face those harder opponents, you're more in sync. How would you um, like a season to be structured?
1: Let so me give you a little, little little secret to the NBA. There's no easy. Games. You got it. <laughs> okay, that's one. There is no easy game. Yeah, right? like <laughs> except I like, the Wizards. <laughs> you don't. You don't look at the schedule and go, "This is an easy game." This is the NBA, and anybody can get beat. Okay, you first, you got to respect the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the team that even entertains that idea, they're not a good team. The hardest thing to do in this league which I found as a player, which is still holds true today and will hold true tomorrow and a hundred years from today is winning the games you're supposed to win. Because that's what a pro has to do. Okay, I'm giving Dallas this. Win the games you're supposed to win. And then we'll worry about the Denver's and the Celtics and the the teams we know. We know you're going to be fired up to play in those games. Win the games you're supposed to win, especially at home. Okay. We talked about this with the Houston Rockets. The first sign of turning your year around, or the first sign that you start to look for with young teams, can you just defend home court? Mm-hmm. Home court mode. You if, if you can defend home court and play well at home. Celtics now, undefeated at home right now, Maverick's four one. The, then the next then the next step is. Should you start beating teams you're supposed to, you supposed to beat. Start beating those teams. Like don't play, like they say, well, it's one of the things I love that they say now, your generation, don't play with your food. Don't play (laughs) around with it. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Take care of that business. And then when you get to the big games, let's see how good we really are. Because the good teams are going to show you all your deficiencies of what you have, way well, you thought you were good, you're eight and two, and then you go play against the Boston Celtics and they beat you by thirty. Wait a minute, okay. Those are what we call self evaluation games. So I love the fact that the Mavericks are taking care of business. I don't have a problem with that. That doesn't mean that they're going to be eight and two a month from now, in the next in the, in that ten game span. But what it is telling me is that their focused, offensively and defensively, they're organized at the moment. I don't know this team as well. And I haven't followed them. You know, I haven't, I probably watched them three or four times only, but they are shooting very well. Luka and Kyrie Irvin are shooting the ball right now really well. They're scoring a lot of points. And now you say, okay, Let's see what they done Let's see how this plays out because the other teams are going to start making adjustments too mm-hmm. as they play. But I love it when teams win. I, is- I love it. But the best to me, I prefer is to always start off slow. I prefer to start off slow. And the reason I prefer to start off slow is because I love to establish that we could win a game and not play well. That to me is the best way to win in this league. Like Mo, I, I have never felt prouder of a group is when you play bad and you win. That is the best feeling to me. Grind it out. Yeah, I just grind it out. I can I can play bad and beat you, Mo. That just takes your confidence away. Cause you go like, <laughs> man, they didn't even sh- they only shot 35% and they still beat us. Mm-hmm. Well then just going back to what you said about defending home court, uh, we spoke about the Warriors earlier in
0: the episode. The Warriors, one and three at home, but five and two on the road, which is interesting, considering they usually have a really good home court advantage. Do you have any reason why this might be?
1: As you get older, okay, we can't share this with anyone, Mo. Mm -hmm. As you get older, (laughs) the distractions at home far outweigh the distractions on the road. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're on the, I preferred... And every team that I I played on that was a good team, we all preferred to play on the road. Why? The schedule on the road is so easy. Okay. I don't have to worry about food. Room service is right there. I don't have to worry about getting to the game. I just jump on the bus. I don't have to worry about my tickets. I only got two tickets. I don't have to worry about my family getting to the game and who's bringing the kids and who's picking up the kids. I don't have to worry about traffic. (laughs) If I'm Mm -hmm. in San Francisco, I don't have to worry about any of that. So as you get older, you just like, Hey, what time is the bus? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mo, my phone is on do not disturb. I get my nap. The kids don't interrupt me when they come home from school. I don't have to worry about, you know, the neighbor down the street and my wife, fiance or whatever saying hey can we get extra tickets and we all know and we even though we don't say it there's an expectation that you should win because you're at home Mm -hmm. okay so with that mo it makes sense to me because if you become a veteran and you win you'll hear guys say it this year they're going to say it if you're going to be a champion you got to win on the road anyway. So the Golden State Warriors are like, oh, okay, all right, we don't win in at home, but you know we can, we going to win on the road because mm-hmm. the distractions for them are too great at home. You come in, the expectations, the fans are cheering, gets the other team fired up, da 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 da, and this is a team now they they feel more comfortable on the road. They've shown this now for a couple of years. And, and and I know why. it's kind of funny to me because it's counterintuitive to what we would think. Well, why? Well, if they can play well like this on the road, shouldn't they be better at home? The distractions at home Mo, are so great when you play on a good team. Like, Mo, I remember one time we were playing against the Phoenix Suns. I think we came back home Mo, with a 3-1 lead or something like that. And we couldn't win at home because <laughs> you walk into the arena, the balloons are already up there everybody wants to be at the game everyone's coming for the celebration but on the road it's just you and the guys so we prefer to always play on the road because mo it's just too many distractions at home and i without question that makes sense and when you go to a (laughs) when we went to the finals that Mm -hmm. year the warriors were better on the road yep than they were at home it's just a natural we ain't gonna talk about what's happening in san francisco
0: we ain't gonna talk about that (laughs) it's just a
1: natural thing that no one ever talks about but this is part of the game that we have to educate the 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 fans so they can see you be like oh that makes sense because we never take in the human element yeah like like mo you have a family with three kids what are you gonna do just ignore your kids well hey dad's got a game I mean, You can't do that. Your that's kids why are I don't there. They're coming in. Yeah, you can't, your kid comes in. Hey, listen, I'm
0: gonna do this podcast. Be quiet.
1: Yeah, exactly. That, that's not happening. You see, that's right? why I
0: can't be having kids.
1: Be like, like today, like like today, Mo. You call me. Yep. Today, and what did I say, Mo? I'm at. I'm dropping my kid off at school. Yep. Okay, Mo. You you can't shut that and, off. And right? then you got
0: home and said five minutes. I'll be on. And then 45 minutes later, you it's, appeared yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. That's there's, there's a behind like, the, the scenes me. for you guys oh yes that, and that's how it works and mo meanwhile maps, i'm sitting here i'm just chilling oh bj's gonna take some time on oh, <laughs> play, <laughs> <some GK. laughs> yeah. play some 2k play some 2k while i
1: wait for him oh bj's online yeah. right, let's do the episode <laughs> exactly this is how it this is how it works. and mo this is now if i was on the road five minutes actually means five minutes hey
0: Listen, when we were when we were in Boston, when we were in San Francisco, you want to do a podcast? All right, cool, meet me in the lobby. Let's go get it. Let's go find Let's go to get it.
1: Let's do it. But when I'm on the road, Mo, I'm back to reality.
0: Well, well when I'm at home, yeah. for anyone listening, if you want to fly me and BJ somewhere so we can do more podcasts yeah, okay. with no distractions,
1: you just let us know. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, my wife probably won't. She'll be like, "No, <laughs> I mean, she's not gonna let that." However. That's how it works. And that's what happens. That's what happens with teams at home. Things happen. Kids get sick. What if your kid gets sick and you're like, oh, I can't deal with that. I got a game tonight, honey. You deal with that. No, that's not happening. Then you have relatives coming in. You have all of these distractions. <laughs> that I'd rather you, you than away. me, brother. I'd rather you than me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, that, 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 that makes total sense. For them, for this group, why? Because they're veterans. Chris Pauls, Mary, Steph Curry, Mary, Draymond, Mary, you know, Clay, Wiggs. It makes total sense. Those guys, (laughs) Mo, we loved being on the road. (laughs) I'm going to have to end this podcast right here. It's a family show. No, no, no. no. And we loved being on the road. Mo, that's the only time you could get to sleep. (laughs) That's the only time you... <laughs> yeah.
0: see me and you are very different my brother yeah yeah so you're thinking as for, as from a young man's perspective you're you telling me kids. I'm gonna yeah. get 41 nights in hotels yeah. all across yeah, the yeah, USA. see, see I you're looking out no to sleep
1: my brother oh you didn't understand why I was so excited to do the finals you don't understand no, no the first Mo, thing BJ said the first thing BJ said
0: when we got to the hotel he goes "Boop." Don't disturb me until tomorrow 9 a.m.
1: Oh, and and it you, was you,
0: like four in the afternoon. That's and what I'm, I'm saying. Why, what, what you got going on? Where, where you going? He goes, I'm going to sleep. Sleep. I said, <laughs> he said, I'm going order room service, room service and I'm going to sleep. Going to sleep. Mo, I said, I, I'm going to be at this party. Day. I'll see you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. When you have kids, you love the road. <laughs> you love it because you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> Mo. We always had a joke. We have the remote control back in our hands when we get on the road. Yep, yep. I remember you saying that to me as well. <laughs> First Mo, time you got to I love, the channel, <laughs> I love it. I can go, go to sleep, get my workout in, do my podcast, and I got the rest of the day. It doesn't get better than that. So that makes so. But from a young man's perspective, I understand what you're saying too. I was young, yes, yes, but sir. now, oh, Mo.
0: Shout out to all the parents listening. Shout out to all you guys listening. I know you guys stay locked in as well. Um, Sorry to all the kids who are listening alongside their parents. But uh, (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) That's been another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you join our Discord server linked in the description. You can have your questions answered later this week. Make sure you subscribe. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And most importantly, get Buckets.